Welcome to the Men's Leadership Network podcast, where each month we're exploring what it means to be a godly leader in our homes, workplaces, and communities. We want to be a resource for men who are seeking spiritual leadership principles so that they live and lead differently in all aspects of their lives. This initiative is not just about reaching, but equipping multipliers for Christ. As always, listen to the end to hear our guest answer our favorite question, what do you want your legacy to be? We hope our conversations will help you answer that question yourself and better equip you to pursue it for the glory of God. Hey guys, welcome to Men's Leadership Network. So grateful that you're joining in today, and I am so blessed to be a part of what God's doing here at MLN. And you know, every month we have a new podcast, and I'm super excited about this podcast because I've got Jesse with us, and Jesse Hutch is an amazing actor. He has been in so many uh, movies and been in Hollywood, and recently God brought him and his family here to Franklin, Tennessee, and I've gotten to know him and his family, and uh, he's got an incredible story. And so, Jesse, man, I just I call you Hutch, but anyway, thanks yeah, for being it. here. And do it. Thanks for sharing your story, brother. Um, tell us a little bit about your family. Tell us a little bit about you know how God even brought you here to Franklin. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, thanks for having me on. Oh man. Uh, yeah, you can call me Hutch. That's yeah. actually was my nickname since the fifth grade. So. Uh, um, if you go to my hometown, actually, and you say, hey, do you know Jesse? They'll be like, uh, who's Jesse? Yeah. <laughs> they actually, like, to, even to this day, no like, way. people will just say Hutch. I love it. Um, all right, so how'd my family end up in Franklin, Tennessee? Is that yeah. what you're asking? Well, that was definitely uh, God moving us because uh, we left uh, Canada. Yeah. So Pacific Northwest, Vancouver, British Columbia, last October. And so in a nutshell, what happened was, I mean, Obviously, there was a response to COVID in a lot of places, mm-hmm. and Lorelai and I just started. That's my wife. We we just started having having our hearts impressed and going, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do we want to raise our kids? How, what's our family dynamic? What what are we doing? And for some reason, we just felt God saying, "There's a change now. You, I need you to go somewhere." And we're like, well, "Okay, <laughs> uh, what do you mean? Like where? Uh, like down the block? I mean, do we are we moving to a different part of the city or out into the country more? I, I don't know what and." It was like, no, I think you're just going to go to the United States. And we're like, okay. You've and been in Canada all your life. Yeah, I mean, I, I had lived in Los Angeles when I was single and kind of uh, done a lot of the back and forth because my mm. career took me yeah. down to L.A., but I would go between Vancouver and L.A. all the time. Mm. And so never did I think in my mind, though, that like I would actually just sort of uproot and go and with the intention of never coming back. Mm. Uh, and so anyway, it, it was impressed on our hearts, and we kept praying about it, and it just felt right. So the long story short, October 24th, uh, we we basically filled the back of my truck with what we thought we needed, and we put the kids in the back, and we switched their schooling to homeschooling so we could continue doing what we were doing. And we just left, and we drove from the Pacific Northwest all the way to Florida, and we took about three and a half months to do it. And we stopped at friends, and we, we, we knew Franklin was along the way. Yeah. We, we knew that was a place that we really wanted to check out. And, but, I mean, we went, we went everywhere we could, and we stayed with friends. We'd stay in Airbnb. We hit a hotel, whatever it took. Mm-hmm. And basically when we came through Franklin, it was like, okay, wow, this, is, this place is great, man. We, this kind of feels like home. The people are amazing. Uh, food's good. We, I love driving around. Mm. I, I didn't even watch the road. I was just looking at the horses and the trees mm. and the ditches and the fences and the architecture and everything. I was like, this place is rad. And then we were like, all right, we're going to go to Florida. So we went to Florida, stayed there a week and maybe a little bit. 
And then we're like, yeah, we should go back to Franklin. So we went back to Franklin, and then we're in Franklin. We'd already stopped in Texas on our way through previous. And then our friends called us, and we're like, you should come here for Christmas. So we're like, all right, we'll go back to Texas. <laughs> so we drove back to Texas. And while we were there, we were like, I think Franklin's it. Started looking for a place to rent, and this place just came up out of nowhere, and it was a massive blessing. And we're still in that same place, and uh, we haven't been back since. And wow. all of our stuff is still in some storage locker on the West Coast. And maybe we'll get it one day. <laughs> uh, but now we have wow. the we have the kids in school now, and that's awesome. And we're plugged in here at Rolling Hills, of course. Yeah, and uh, the community is built so fast; I can't even keep up. I, yeah. People are are extremely kind, and mm. and they they want to get together, and and they want to get the kids together. They want to grab a coffee. They want to mm. in, introduce you to so and so because they think maybe you'll connect and. Uh, it's just a different culture. It's a yeah. completely different vibe, and we love it. That's and awesome. so now I'm going. All right, God, here we are. Now, now, now what? <laughs> now and, what? Yeah. And uh, oh. and uh, they they still send me back to Canada for work. Uh, <laughs> sometimes it feel I'm like ah oh, going. You feel like you're going back. Sometimes it's yeah. it's it almost feels like you're going in reverse. Mm. I think as a human being, but it's interesting how how God never goes in reverse. He mm. he always has something for you through something. Amen. And I do feel that. I mean, yes, He's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and yet He always manages to bring you to a new place. <sighs> I, I don't think He ever brings you. You know what I mean? In, yeah. in, in a spiritual old place. Oh yeah. Maybe physically old, uh, but That's spiritually, true. there's always. Even if you pass the same town that you've been in a hundred times, I think the, the spirit aspect of that is brand new, mm. uh, or it's a new challenge. So how did you come to know Christ? Because, you know, Canada, is, it's, it's a challenge sometimes up there. And uh, man, how in the yeah. world did you come to know the Lord and be living for Him and on fire for Him? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I originally asked the Lord into my heart when I was five years old mm. in my bedroom. I had one of those old school beds with the four posts. <laughs> and uh, my grandmother got down, she prayed with me. And my, my, my mother as well was always praying with me and always believing. And, mm. uh, but it was with my grandma. She's passed away now. But uh, I still have the Bible she gave me when I was five. Oh. And, uh, wow. and honestly, I mean, at, at five years old, you're like, well, what is that real? Mm. You know, you're five. Can you really make decisions? And to be honest, I really felt like there was a peace upon me that maybe I never could articulate at mm -hmm. five years old, six years old, seven years old. But uh, my parents divorced when I was 11. So... I would say that that was another mile marker for me where I felt the hand of God on me. Mm. You know, there was things along the way, of course, uh, drinking, for example. Mm. Uh, I grew up in a really small town called Eganville mm. on the East Coast, Canada, and uh, in Eganville, Ontario. And, yeah, you know, everybody was kind of hitting the barns, having parties, mm. even at a young age. And mm. I remember specifically alcohol was presented to me. And I was like, okay, I guess this is what we do. Everybody's doing it. Uh, and I just felt this peace, man, the peace of God. And I, I didn't hear an audible voice, but I, I, it's like I kind of knew the voice inside and just said, don't, don't drink it ever. And so I, I've never touched alcohol. I, mm. I, I passed it away at that literal moment, and I've been doing the same thing the rest of my life. And so I share that because it was like, okay, I asked the Lord in my heart when I was five. Parents divorced when I was 11. You know, uh, between that, uh, between coming to the Lord and, and divorce, I would say that the alcohol kind of came my way, and then as I got older, it was kind of more alcohol, you know, sex, drugs, and rock and roll, right? It's, mm -hmm. it, it's always out there, and uh, if used properly the way God intended, it can be amazing, mm -hmm. uh, but if it's not used in the proper context mm -hmm. and in the way that I think God intended all those things to be 
um, enjoyed for his glory, mm -hmm. uh, it can be a real landslide. And so I felt like God somehow protected me from just a ton of that stuff. Mm. And didn't really realize that maybe in the moment, but looking back, always had, okay, God brought me out of that, brought, brought me out of this, you know. Not to say that there's, there's no heartaches in life or no hard times or things don't happen to you, but there's something to be said, I, I think, about reflecting on what God's done in your life and going, wow, there's actually been a voice there. There's mm -hmm. been a guidance. There's been something that has guided me. Yeah. And I think along the life, especially as a man, now that I am married, now that I do have three kids, that voice, if you don't listen to it, it can get quieter and quieter. Mm. And eventually, you, if you allow other things to get louder, you're trying to look for that voice sometimes. And you're like, I can't hear it anymore. Like, mm. or, where is it, you know? And it's always there. It's never left. But mm -hmm. I've found that a, a challenge o over the years to... Uh, to just constantly be focused on just love God, man. I mean, that's really the core value. And it's very easy to get caught up in work and, and life and schedule mm -hmm. um, and use it as an excuse maybe mm -hmm. sometimes. Uh, or sometimes you don't even realize. You just all of a sudden you wake up one day and you're going, man, something's not right. What yeah. happened? Yeah. And it's been this kind of slow slope that you went down. Mm. I hope that makes sense. It's kind of all over the place there. Yeah, no, that's great. I mean, that's powerful right there, too, because you hit a lot of things right there. Uh, but uh, tell me, how'd you get into acting? I mean, like, man, that's a that's a big jump from this small town there. Yeah, that was Canada. never on the agenda. Yeah. <laughs> just, just like moving to Franklin was yeah. kind of like, it, it. I mean, it gets on the agenda eventually, but it was never like growing up, oh, my goodness, I'm going to be an actor. I'm going to move to Franklin, Tennessee. I'm gonna, yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. Like, no idea. I was a professional whitewater raft guide at the time. Really? And I was loving it. Growing my beard out, I was 10 to the max. I, I was on the river 12 hours a day. Uh, I mean, I'd take my life jacket on, and it looked like I still had a shirt on because <laughs> I was so white underneath where the life jacket was that it looked like I had this shirt on. Oh. Uh, and, and I loved it. I think it was... I still, even to this day, I'm like, man, maybe I should go back and do that. <laughs> and, and so uh, I lost my train of thought there for a sec. Getting into acting from yeah. whitewater so, rafting. Yeah, so I, 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 would white, I was a whitewater raft guy during the day, then I would work in the kitchen to make extra money in the evenings because, funny enough, when you're hired to do jobs that, like, keep people safe and alive, you get paid way less. Yeah. Uh, and I get paid more in the kitchen. So I was like, all right, I got to work the kitchen shifts, work the night shifts, work the security shifts, anything I could to make extra money. And this ad came on television, and it was for these things called Model Search America. They don't really exist anymore in the States, but they used to be this kind of big thing that all these people would pay for, and they go to these hotels, and they kind of compete. And I never wanted to be a model, but I heard this ad on the radio. I'm like cooking, I don't know, I was cutting carrots or something. And I heard this ad, and it was like, oh, blah, blah, modeling, and blah, blah. And then 20th Century Fox will have a casting director there. And I was like, oh, they got cool movies. I was like, yeah, that could be fun. I don't know. And I was just turned to my buddy, and I was like, I'm going to get in the car. I'm going to... I'm going to go to this event. And he's like, well, what do you mean? You just started a shift. I'm like, yeah, I'm out, man. I'm, I don't know. He's like, they're going to fire you. I'm like, okay. And I just left. And <laughs> I drove like two hours to this, to the nearest largest city. It was Ottawa, Ontario. And I went to this convention. And that's kind of where it started. It was like me getting in a lineup, feeling really out of place, not being prepared. Uh, I'd never take, taken acting lessons. Uh, I mean, in high school, I did one play, but that was only because like, if I did the play, then they would have let me take shop class twice or something. I don't know. I don't remember the deal, but I was like, oh, fine, I'll do it so I can, you know, build more things. Yeah. And, and I got to this function and they were like, 
you know, I got in line and all these people are, they're looking good. They're snazzed up, they're dressed up, they're, their hair's all done, everything. And I'm like, Gene's t-shirt just got off the river working in the kitchen. And I, I get in this line and I'm like making my way to the front, finally get up there after like 45, 50 minutes, just thousands of people at this place. And I'm like kind of already not feeling like I fit in, but I'm like, whatever, I'm here, I, I'm committed. I get to the front and the guy's like, so uh, what are you doing here? And I'm like, I don't know, I heard there's like maybe an acting kind of aspect to this. He's like, you ever acted? I was like, no. He's like, you ever really, you ever taken theater? I was like, no. You ever done improv? No. Uh, you, do you have any pictures? I was like, no. He's like, uh, can you smile? I was like, yeah. He's like, okay, smile. And so I smile. And he's like, okay, you have all your teeth. That's a good thing. And I was like, all right, sweet. And he's like, okay, go and get in that line. So I get in another line. Do the same thing, another 45, 50 minutes. Get to the front. Guy drills me again. I'm not prepared. I got nothing. He goes, all right, go over to that table. I go over to the table. They said, okay, if you want to register and pay, you can come to the real big event. <laughs> and I was like, what? Okay, well, and as I'm driving home, I was like, all right, man, you know what? Maybe I will do it. I've never done anything like that. So I booked a, a bus ticket, and it was to uh, New York. Not, not, not New York City. It was, uh, oh, my goodness, I, I can't remember the name of it. Um, yeah, I mean, it'll, it'll come, Rochester. Rochester, New York. Ro Rochester, yeah. New York. And I'm like, all right, so I get on the bus two months later, and I go to this thing. I finally got some pictures this time. <laughs> Not real good, but it, they, were, they were good enough. It was a friend of mine from high school, and she took some pictures. Uh, I still hadn't taken any classes. <laughs> I borrowed some clothes. I was like, I need some nice clothes. And so I get on the bus, and it was like 18 hours to get to this place. And I start meeting all these model -y type folk on my way, and they were really cool people. And then we get there, and none of these people had hotel rooms booked, and they were completely sold out. So they ended up staying in my room. So all these people on the bus ended up crashing in my room, and there was like eight, eight of them in there. So I'm like sleeping in the chair in my own hotel room and all these people are everywhere on the floors. And anyway, we had a blast. We did this whole competition all weekend and it was like you had to, you had to walk down this runway and then you had to, I don't know, make up a commercial or something. And I was just winging it, to be honest with you. And I was praying the whole time and I'm like, all right, Lord, I, I don't, I'm kind of interested in this. I don't know what the big deal is, but I love collecting movie posters and so movies are cool and here I am. And I, no word of a lie, was the last number that they called on the last night. It was like, all right, everybody, that's all the numbers. And I was like, oh, man, I came all this way, did it for nothing. Okay, fine. And they're like, hold on, hold on. We got another number in the bottom here. It was just crumpled up. And they're like, opened it up. And they're like, oh, red, you know, 79954320. And I was like, and they're like, it's for 20th Century Fox. And I was like, what? I was like freaking out. I'm like, that was me, man. I'm like, all right. So. I go and I get in this line and I meet this casting director from 20th Century Fox. His name's Christian Kaplan. He still works for 20th Century Fox to this day. And he was a, a very pivotal sort yeah. of start. Because uh, again, I go in and he goes, what are these pictures? And I was like, oh, I don't know, some pictures. He's like, well, they're horrible. And he's like, at that time too, he's like, what, what's your accent? Where are you from? I was like, uh, Canada. He's like, like, where? And I was like, Eganville. And he's like, where's that? And I'm like, don't worry about it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> He did, he, nobody would know where it is. Yeah. You know, most people don't. It's fine. And he goes, okay, well, I'm going to give you this acting scene. I'll give you 10 minutes. You go outside, you prepare, you come back in, we'll do this read. I was like, okay. I go outside. I've never done anything like this in my life. I sit down. I see this other person to my right and they're reading stuff. I'm like, all right, I guess I'll just read it and pretend like I'm making a movie or something. I go back in. I do the read. I go back out. He tells me to leave. He eventually calls me. I come back in. And he says, all right. He goes, I'm going to be honest with you. He goes, your pictures suck. Uh, he goes, your uh, your accent's horrible. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to do something about that. You you need a, like a standard American accent. He goes, uh, 
you're going to need to train. Like, you got to go take some kind of classes. I don't know what, but you're clearly green. You've never done this in your life. And he goes, I, but, I, I, but I'll tell you this. He goes, if you give it an effort, he goes, maybe there's a chance. And I was like, so you're telling me there's a chance? <laughs> 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 Come on. Who doesn't like Dumb and Dumber? Yeah. Come on! <laughs> and uh, that that literally was the beginning. Now I'm wow. not I'm not going to say it was all like you know uh, rainbows and butterflies from that point on. Yeah, because uh, it hasn't been. It's been uh, that was over 22 years ago. Wow! And uh, eventually I moved to the West Coast because yeah. I needed to I needed to leave where I was, the small town. I needed to start taking. Um, some form of, of classes. I needed to learn what I was doing. I needed to work on my accent. Uh, and I just got into it. And and to be honest, God just kept opening the doors. And so yeah. it was a it was a push and a pull. It was me learning that, okay, this is this is doable. Yeah. Because I, I never wanted to be that guy either who was like, you know, my mom's like, Yeah, you're really good, honey. And I'm like, Yeah, I'm really good. And then <laughs> everybody around me was like, Oh my goodness, he's so bad. Yeah. Like so, is someone gonna tell him the truth, you know? <laughs> and that became my sort of mission was okay, God, show me that I can do this for you and show me that that I can grow in this and get better. Yeah. And, uh, and I mean, I'm, I'm still not there. I'm still learning. I'm still growing. Wow. And I'm still working on my career. And I like to say I'm still working on my 22-year overnight success. <laughs> right? I, I'm, I'm waiting for that point when people go, where'd this guy come from? Yeah. And they'll be like, I was here the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, well, you've been in a ton of movies. And then even stunt doubles. I mm -hmm. mean, I don't know. That's been must have been pretty cool. Yeah, I've uh, I've always been active in my career, so doing stunts has been uh, always a passion. Now, in the, in the beginning, they wanted you to be. Well, what, what are you? Are you an actor? Or are you stuntman? You can't be both. You 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 know, actors are sissies. Yeah. And, and that's literally was the mentality. So it was like, okay, I'll keep training in the stunts, but I want I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm an actor, right? Quote yeah. unquote, and I'll keep doing that because I wanted to tell the story. Stunts were cool. I loved it. But I was like, man, I run in and I say, freeze! And then I get shot and I'm dead and I'm never in the show again. <laughs> I want to, like, actually be able to, to do something with your heart. And I want to, like, get into that yeah. and, and tell stories, man. I think, I think media today and stories can, oh, man, I mean, God gave oh, us a heart, right? Amen, yeah. I mean, you, you, anybody can watch a movie or listen to a song or see a painting or watch a sunset and your heart can be moved. Oh, and so I feel like, okay, I love getting in and trying to tell a story and... I have no idea who's ever going to see this. And, mm. I, and I probably won't meet 99% of the people who see anything I do. But the 1% that I meet, uh, to hear their heart, it's, uh, it's pretty wonderful. I mean, there's a lot of great people out there, and I think that if you can somehow bring a performance to the screen, right? We were, I was actually talking with this to my kids last night because mm. they were like, we were having one of those discussions like, well, what do I need to read for? You know? And I was like, well, I was like, okay, well, when Dad gets a script, mm -hmm. Uh, you know, and I, I showed them a script and said, what, what do you think, what do you, how do we bring this to life, right? Like how, does dad just read this? Do I read exactly what's on the page? Do I, do I say uh a lot and hmm and, and, you know, do I stutter? And what do I do with, with these words? What do I do with this vocabulary? Uh, how do I tell this story? And then they started to piece together. It's like, oh, oh yeah, you have to take what's on the paper and you have to turn it into a moving picture. Yeah. And... And that's a story. I mean, I, Jesus told stories all the time. All the time. Now am I out there telling stories as good as Jesus? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> He's going to annoy but, you. But, but, but I'll tell you what happens is, is usually your career is never necessarily what people will look at and, and be immediately impacted and brought to Jesus, I find. Mm. I find doing it 
that's that's where the change occurs. Mm -hmm. People is what matters, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, I love telling a story. Mm -hmm. I love making movies. I love stunts and blowing stuff up. And I love drama and action, comedy, and and all all these different genres. And the heart is so capable of so much. But it's the people I'm working with, right? There's a camera operator that maybe just got divorced. There's mm. uh, there's a PA who maybe just had a had a baby. Mm. Um, there's someone who just lost a, their wife. I you know the, there's people who are going through things, and to be on the ground to know that you, yes, you're there for a job, mm -hmm. but your real purpose is to love the people that you're with, mm. and it's only for a short time. I mean, mm. you, you kind of become this tight knit family, and then you're done and you're gone. And you may never see those people again. Yeah, maybe you do one day, but most of the time, nope. You're you're off and you're out. Mm. But you're there for a time. Yeah, and God brings you into their circle, and you have an opportunity to really impact them. Mm. And and it's up to each, you know, in this case, man, mm -hmm. to figure out what God wants you to do. And you need the Holy Spirit to guide that. Amen. You you can't. You can't just kind of wing it. You you really need the Holy Spirit's guidance in every aspect mm. of your your life because uh, it, it all matters and it, it all comes out in those moments when all of a sudden you know what's your character, what's your professionalism, mm. what's your approach to people, how do you react to situations? I think all of us can relate to that. No, no matter what you do for a living, yeah. there's going to be a time and there's going to be a moment where all of a sudden people do notice what you're doing. They will be paying attention even if you have no idea they're paying attention. Mm -hmm. And in a way, every man is, is in, uh, this might be a weird metaphor, but it's like you, you're the actor and someone's watching you do your job. Mm -hmm. And it could be your kids, could be your wife, could be a complete stranger, mm. could be a fellow brother in Christ. Mm could be an atheist, mm -hmm. could be someone who wants nothing to do with you. Mm. And there's opportunity for you to to be an impact. And, yeah. and I'll tell you, you don't even try to figure out how God's going to use you because you have no idea. Mm. I mean, Scripture says, is it Isaiah 55? Mm. Uh, I might have the 55 wrong. He says, his ways are higher than your than ways. Your yeah. And there's a separation there. And and I'm, I'm constantly baffled, uh, for example, when I meet um, someone who's seen a film that I've done, yeah, and they'll share a, like a heart story, like something from their heart that's very personal to them, and it completely changes my my perspective. Mm. Because sometimes you're caught up, work stressful, maybe it was a tough day, maybe it didn't go right the way you wanted, and then fast forward six months, the movie's out, someone's watched it, someone comes to to approach me, and they tell me this this story, right? Like I I did one series once called Cedar Cove, and it was actually for Hallmark, and I played a Navy SEAL with PTSD. Mm. And I wanted to do my best to honor people that do that for a living. Now, you don't always get to do that in this business. Sometimes the schedule's so fast. You're like, wow, I'm not a Navy SEAL, mm. but I want to represent them well. And I called, the I got in touch with a Navy SEAL. I spoke to them. I got to know them. And uh, I still have a friendship with that gentleman. And that, that changed my life. But I, I took what he taught me, and I tried to blend it with what God's taught me in this business over the mm. years and I tried to create this character. And so now I'm at this table and I'm signing autographs and I'm meeting people and it's a good time. And this old lady comes up. She's got to be in her 80s. Uh, gray hair, just tiny but lovely woman. And she comes up and she, she just puts her hand immediately on me and tears start coming down her eyes. And I'm like, I'm already like a mess. I'm yeah. like, I don't even know what she's going to say. And I'm already on the verge of tears here mm. because she's just such a sweet old lady and she just put her hand on me and this is, this is serious now. And she leans in and she goes, can I tell you something? I go, absolutely, yeah, what, 
what's going on? She goes, I watched you in Cedar Cove, and I saw you playing this Navy SEAL. And she goes, my husband passed away two years ago, and your series came on TV, and it was a rerun. And I was watching it, and you reminded me exactly of my husband and what he went through and what it was like for him. And, and she said, you've completely changed my life and reminded me how good my husband was. And I was like, wow, okay. Um, and she goes, I just I wanted to come to the table. She's like, I, I flew here specifically because I knew you were going to be here, and I just wanted to tell you that story. She goes, I was also in the Army. We, we both served. And she goes, um, you just reminded me of what kind of a heart my husband had. And I was like, I, I don't know what to say. I mm. mean, what, what am I supposed to say to that? And she goes, I just feel like God put you in this position for a reason, and I want to encourage you. And, and um, I was just thankful. I mean, I was mm. extremely blessed in that moment. And all the people behind her were overhearing this, and they're yeah. all crying. And, 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 and she's like, can I give you a hug? And I'm like, absolutely. And we were like, hugged it out. And then all the, all the people behind her were like, can we hug too? And then like, everybody's <laughs> hugging. And, and that was a moment where in my 22 years, I mean, this just happened like six months ago. Mm. In my 22 years where all of a sudden I had feedback from someone where I had no idea. Mm. I wasn't thinking about that. Mm. Not once did that cross my mind that like, oh, someone's going to be watching this and they're going to connect with it and their husband might pass away. And they, you, you don't think of these things. And it gave me an opportunity in that moment to thank her. And, and I, I asked if I could pray with her. Mm. And, and we did. We prayed. Wow. And then, uh, no word of a lie, six people later, an, another lady comes up. And she goes, listen, I'm going in to get brain surgery on Friday. And I've been watching your movies to help just keep joy in my life. And she goes, I just had to come and thank you for making these movies because this is what brings joy to my life right now. And again, I was like, man, can I pray for you? And it was like an opportunity in something that I had no idea there was ever going to be an opportunity to pray for someone. And I will say in those moments, you need to overcome yourself mm -hmm. because there's, I don't know, 50, 60 people in this line waiting to come say hi to me. And, and I'm going to put my hand on someone now. I'm going to pray in front of, and then there's another table to my right and another table to my left. And I mean, overall, there's 15,000 people in this building right now. And, and there's a moment where you're like, hey, God says, I want you to put your hand on this person and pray mm -hmm. for them. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to lie. There's moments where I still have like, oh, is that, is that cool here? You know? And it sucks that I even have that mm -hmm. moment. And there's this little foothold there where I'm like, you can't let the enemy get a hold of that one. That's right. That's right. And it's, it, sometimes it's a crack. And I think cracks can be used for God's glory mm -hmm. and cracks can be used for the enemy to get in. And thank God there was, there was a moment there where it was like, man, you know what, just do it. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, it was one of the, oh, man, I, I mean, God's changing my life, and, mm. and I, I have no idea what he's doing in all these other people's lives, but you just show up, yeah. and you just be ready to do God's work, and don't ever think that your work is mundane or lame or boring or no one sees it. Because um, to be honest, even at the end of the day, God's the only one who's going who's gonna to give you whatever that reward may be in yeah. heaven anyway, yeah. right? Yeah. We're supposed to store up our treasures in heaven, not down mm -hmm. here. So, Wow. Anyway, uh, that was yes, a rabbit that trail. Was great, man. Uh, oh, it's so good. Tell me, I mean, is it, is it, you would think that it would be a, a difficult to be a believer, a Christ follower in the middle of Hollywood. I mean, how has that been a challenge for you? And then how have you seen God work through you in that? I think as you mature in faith, I'd like to say that you, you build up 
strength and you you lay down sort of pathways, whether that's a mm. spiritual consistency. Mm. Sometimes it's even a mental one. Mm. Somet sometimes I need to mentally know that I have to be ready to do God's work. When I was younger or newer in the business, maybe I'd be a little more prone to maybe being quiet or stepping back or, uh, yeah, and I mean, you really have to, you know, let the Holy Spirit guide you in that as well because the Holy Spirit definitely just shuts me up sometimes. Uh, there's times I'm like, that's it, I'm saying something right now, this is this is it, like this mm -hmm. is over. We, we don't do this, that's not how you do this. And Holy Spirit's like, you can just be quiet. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> and you just sit and listen. Mm -hmm. And that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do. Um, but yes, there are, there's challenges that come out, I think, in different waves of spiritual attacks that can affect you just as a man personally. It can affect your marriage. It can mm -hmm. affect your children. It can affect your finances. I think the enemy wants to, wants to try and take us out. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, go at it. That's, mm. that's the name of the spiritual game, right? Uh, yeah. It's not a battle against flesh and blood, but you'll feel it in the flesh and blood. Yeah. The spirit, I believe, sometimes you feel it physically, mm. man. I mean... Um, Having things not work out, that's kind of the name of the game in this business. Um, there's a lot of moments when <laughs> when I'm like, what the, really? Like, th is this still going on? You yeah. know? I mean, earlier in my career, too, I'd say uh, I was always cast as the guy who, the, the, the quarterback, the jock, the guy who, who got the girl, the guy who slept with the girl, the guy who cheated with the girl, the guy, you know, that was kind of... My, that, that was my look, and that's just where they pigeonholed me, and that's where I was. And there was definitely times when I would just have to say no to the job, no to the job, no to the job, and you're like, ah, oh. it's like the show's a great opportunity, the movie was a good opportunity, working with so-and-so is a great opportunity, but God, when God puts on your heart what your, your limits are and what your lines are, you need to figure those out. Some of them are obvious, like no nudity. Okay, I'm, I'm not doing nudity. That's, a, that's an obvious, very... Uh, dare, I, dare I say, easy line. It's an easy line to set, right? You mm -hmm. draw it in the sand, mm -hmm. done, no nudity. I would say, I mean, there was even a time, right? Like, even in a lot of the romantic comedies that I'll do, mm -hmm. there's always a kiss at the end of the movie, right? Mm -hmm. There's that one kiss that everybody has to have, apparently. Mm -hmm. And it's part of this this story. And a lot of these movies are, are quite lighthearted. They're quite um, innocent, if I could say that. They're, they're easygoing movies, right? Uh, but there's always that kiss. And so I, when we first got married, my wife and I, that's all people would ever say to her. It's like, well, my, what's it like when your husband kisses another man? What, what's that? I can't believe you'd let him. And it was, and I mean, these there were other believers for the most part too. And so you're trying to gauge how to have this conversation with people. I get it. People are curious. Mm -hmm. But for whatever reason, the enemy used these conversations all the time to start almost poking and prodding on things. And so uh, my wife and I, we had to really find that along the way and go, okay, what does God put on our heart? Mm. What will we do as a, as a couple and not do? And, and you have to find that because it doesn't always line up with everyone else's ideology, right? And um, so, yeah, your faith, man, I mean, it's constantly going to be tested. Yeah. And, and I think it's just a different type of career where I think people want to put a lot of, there's things in the spotlight per se, mm. things sort of dragged out in the, in the public. Uh, you're open for a lot more scrutiny maybe yeah especially with social media nowadays mm -hmm. um, i've been pretty blessed i mean a lot of my fan bases are a lot of good people a lot of family people a lot of um for the most part i'd say most people are pretty pretty awesome people mm -hmm. once in a while you know yeah you get the things that come out of the woodwork and you just kind of have to ignore it and 
and leave it. Or, I mean, I, I played a villain once on a, a DC series um, called Batwoman, and and it's a comic book character, and I brought it to life. And uh, the CW marketing team would call me weekly to be like, hey, are you, are you, how you doing? You doing okay? And I'm like, what do you mean? And they're like, well, we just noticed that you're getting slammed pretty hard on social media. You know, people call me a racist. They're calling me, they're swearing at me. And I was like, yeah, it's a little intense. I was like, and where I can, I use humor and I have fun with it. But some of them, you just don't even touch it with a 10-foot pole. You're not even, not going to comment, not going to like, I nothing. Mm. Um, and that was just because I played a character who, he was a villain, right? So he's trying to take people out on this show, right? Yeah. He's, he's using guns. He's using his fist. Uh, there's fights. There's all kinds of stuff. And and one of the characters wa- was uh, black, and, and I'm a white guy. And so people were taking that. It's like somehow when people watch a movie or they see a, a show, they think that's who you are. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it wasn't even an, an inherently... Ser- like, it wasn't a series that was like, all right, you're the racist guy, you know? It had nothing to do with that. It was just... I don't, I'm the white guy, and yeah. and this is what I and I was like, you know, I'm playing a character, right? Like yeah. it's actually in the comic books. Here, yeah. here's the actual drawing of the comic guy, and this is what he does. And uh, but yeah, people take it so seriously, and that's tough. And then they go after you, and you, you could do a movie for one network, and all of a sudden somebody says like, oh, you're on that network, so you must believe this politically, and you believe that and this, and they just tear a strip off you, and you're like, huh. Huh? Yeah. Cool, man. Praise yeah. the Lord. Yeah. Uh, God bless you. Yeah. God, God bless your heart. Right. <laughs> um, and you just you just don't go there because yeah. unless someone's in front of you and you can have a real conversation, I mm. find social media is a place that can yeah. it can tear you up. It, it it allows us, I think, is uh, not just men but people to live somewhere where we're not. Yeah. And a lot of the times we're not in this conversation mm. over here. Uh, but we'll make it our conversation, right? It bothers us, right? Isn't that funny how that yeah. one negative comment sticks out to you over the 50 good ones you just got? Yeah, that, that's true for every man, right? And and, and, yeah. and I think yeah. that's the hard part for men. And we are under attack. You know, we've got an enemy that wars against us. And mm-hmm. so we just have to understand that, that in, like you said, our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against mm-hmm. the powers and the rulers of this dark world. And so, what, Justin, give us... A, an encouragement, a challenge for men to be spiritual leaders today. Because here you are, a husband, a father, you're, you're an actor, you do that, but but you're Christ first, and you've lived that out. What, what would he, what, you know, guys, we all have different careers, we all have different businesses, but mm-hmm. how would you say or just encourage us or challenge us to be spiritual leaders wherever we are? That's a deep question. It's good. <laughs> How do I answer that in one sentence? <laughs> I can't. Uh, I mean, figure out where you are right now. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, don't get ca- caught up in where you were or where you think you want to go. Um, each day has enough worries of its own, as Scripture says. And I know for me, when I stop and I go, what am I really being affected by right now, what am I feeling right now? God will give you something. Mm. You know, maybe maybe you're in a season where God says, don't take offense, right? Wow. And so do a Bible study on that. Google the heck out of that. Yeah. Look it up in your Bible. Yeah. Use apps, whatever you got to do, and say, how do I find God's word, God's scripture that will guide me to what God's put on my heart? Mm. Um, because that will help you get into God's Word in a way that I think will allow you to connect it to you personally. Because mm-hmm. um, what I've learned in acting is I need to take the words on this page and I need to make it come out of me naturally, even though I would never speak that way. I would never say these things. Mm. 
And I think that's the way it is with, with following Jesus. Mm-hmm. Our nature is to not take those words and just speak them naturally. Some people are better at it than others, yes, mm-hmm. but we're, we're sinful by nature, right? We got, we got this sin in us, and, mm-hmm. and the more we work on it, the more you realize you still got a little sliver of sin over here, some over here, and there's all these battles going on. And I, and, but what's awesome is you take God's word and you need to figure out how to, how to put that in you and have it come out of you. Uh, so I just encourage guys to take it one day at a time because yeah. it, it gets overwhelming quick. And, and, and being a, a, you know, you try to put things in, in order, I think, of importance. Mm-hmm. If, if you're anything like me, I'm a box thinker. You know, mm-hmm. some people say the, I'm a waffle. Uh, <laughs> right. My brain works like a waffle. I'm in one box. And then if you want to talk about the other box, okay, I got to close that one up and come out of it and go into that one. Yeah. And and so, well, man, one day at a time, uh, because I, I want to love God first. Mm-hmm. I, I really do, and, and I think most men do. Mm-hmm. And we have to do that, and you have to make time for it. You, mm-hmm. you, you have to discipline yourself. You have to find a way to make those words your own. Mm-hmm. And if, and if you, you don't feel like they're your own, you're not going to care. No. And so that's what I've learned from acting. Mm. There's some lines, it, it makes no sense to me. I don't know why it's written that way, but yet I, I have to sit there and I have to work on it and I gotta find, and usually prayer gets me there. I go, mm. Lord, this isn't sitting well with me right now. I don't know what to do. So do that with your scripture. Pray and go, Lord, this verse doesn't sit with me well right now. Mm. How, how do I make this my own? And, mm. and you can take that Bible verse and turn it into tangible dialogue that you can put in your heart, that word have I hid in my heart that I shall not sin against thee. And then you can speak that, you can act it, mm. and it will come out. And, and the Holy Spirit's your helper. It's there to help you do that. Mm-hmm. So uh, don't, don't give up on that. I um, love that. And again, stay one day at a time. One be, day at a time. Because I, I get overwhelmed pretty quick. Oh, and, yeah. and, and especially if I feel something's off, right? Mm-hmm. You, you feel something's hard at work. You feel something's hard in marriage. You feel it's hard with your kids. You feel, mm-hmm. it, that can quickly derail, I think. And if you keep keep going with it, all right, yeah. oh yeah, I'll follow. Where does this go? Where does it just stop? <laughs> One day at a time. Mm. Jesus is right here, yep. right with you, yep. face to face. There's nothing. Jesus didn't tweet you. Yeah, he he didn't write you a social media message from afar. Mm. He's right with you, mm. and you need to just stop and be right there with him. Mm. And from that moment. You'll be able to to do whatever God needs you to do. Mm. That's so good. All right, one last question. What do you want your legacy to be? <laughs> I mean, the scripture that says, well done, my good and faithful servant. Wow. <sighs> when it hits me hard. And uh, I question it daily, to mm. be honest with you. Oh, Lord, am I preparing my wife mm. to be with you for eternity? Not to be with me temporarily. Am I preparing my children to be with you for eternity? Not temporarily. Mm. This career you've given me. Am I focused on it temporarily or can I use it for you? And you can do something that's going to last as long as, mm. as he needs it to. So that, that's where I sit with it. Wow. Jesse, that's powerful, man. And I pray every, every guy listening to this right now will hear that one day, you know? And, mm-hmm. uh, and whatever changes we need to make in our lives right now, we need to mm-hmm. just do it. Because that's what's going to last for eternity, you know. Yeah, amen. Amen. So, and I, I think a big part of that is, uh, is the armor of God. Yeah. Um, 
So I don't know if we're closing. I mean, I, if you don't yeah. mind me praying, maybe yeah. to, to close us out. Would you uh, pray for us? The full armor of God something that I kind of pray over my kids every day. I pray over my wife or myself, anybody who comes to mind. <laughs> yeah. Would uh, you pray for every guy listening right now? Every guy? Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. and I mean, if there's any guys that need, I don't know, you just want to talk or whatever. I mean, I'm, Instagram is kind of, uh, I am pretty closely connected to that. So if they find me on there and fire me a message and hopefully I get it, mm-hmm. um, I'll, I'll gladly reach out or connect with guys if they want to talk or they need prayer or advice or whatever. It doesn't matter where you live or what you're doing. Awesome. Um, but yeah, let's, let's uh, pray. Yeah. Heavenly Father, thank you um, for this day. Wow. Please forgive us all of our sins mm. right now. Any thought, word, or deed that we did today that was not pleasing to you, we rest it at your feet, God. May the Holy Spirit guide us to know what those things are so that we can repent and bring it to you because only when that sin has been dealt with by you can we step into your presence, Heavenly Father. You are our Father, but you're also our King, yes. God. And we need the full armor of God because this is not a battle of flesh. Mm. Yeah, it's a battle in the Spirit. And armor in the flesh will not help against the battle of the Spirit. And so, Heavenly Father, I just pray for the helmet of salvation to be upon us right now. Mm. Help us to understand what salvation is. Uh, what did you do on that cross for our salvation, Father God? Mm. May that helmet protect our eyes, Father. May nothing come into our eyes. Well, I mean, it's, it's going to come at us. We're going to see it. Mm-hmm. But may we be protected by that helmet of salvation, Father God. May that helmet also protect our ears. Mm. What we hear may it be screened by the Holy Spirit. And may we tone down the voices that we don't need to hear. Mm. And may the voice of the, uh, of the Holy Spirit and, and Jesus Christ and God the Father um, be brought up a couple notches so we can hear it today, Father. May it also protect our tongues, God. Our tongue is the rudder that guides our ship. Mm. And so I pray that we would not speak words today that would tear down, but we would lift up, Father. We would lift up other men. We would lift up our wives. We would lift up our community. We would lift up strangers, Father God, through any means necessary, through God's word, Father. I also pray that you put the breastplate of righteousness on us, Father. Righteous anger is a thing, Father, for us as men. Mm. But we need you, God, to help us to do that without sin. So I pray for your righteousness to come to to the forefront. Um, This... uh, this breastplate of righteousness also protects our heart, Father. And from our heart comes the wellspring of life, God. So if there's anything in us that needs to be cleaned out today, clean us in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Pray that you would put the belt of truth upon us. Mm. Uh, we need real truth. Mm-hmm. What is that? Mm. Let's get into that, Father God. May every man today have one piece of real truth that would drop into them today, that you would give them a revelation. You would give them wisdom, mm-hmm. and you would give them ideas and creativity, Father, that is directly from the kingdom of heaven, not the kingdom of earth. And I pray that they would be able to, to live that truth out. I pray that you would shod their feet with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace, Father. May we be ready to, to use peace. May we have that peace, Father God, which passes all understanding that guards our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus, Lord. And as we walk and as we go today, we bring that peace. Wherever we're invited, mm. you're invited, Father yes. God, because we're, we're a man of God. And uh, we also pray for the shield of faith, God. <laughs> May we that giant shield that we set down, Lord, that we hold in front of us, Father God. And generally it is only in front of us because you have our back, Father. Yeah. So let us hold that shield knowing you're behind us, mm. knowing you're with us, and let our faith be a shield to protect ourselves and our families mm. and our communities in our churches, in our workplaces, and even our culture, Father God. We have a culture that's under attack, and we need men who are going to to do exactly what you put on their heart today, Father God. And I also pray that you would give everyone the sword of the Spirit today. Mm. So let that uh, sword cut through the bone and the marrow, Lord. Do the work in us so that we would 
be men that are able to come to you and just just kneel before you today, mm-hmm. Father God. I pray that you would impress it upon men's hearts today. If they need to pull over on the side of the road, if they need to, to take a knee, mm-hmm. if they need to change their posture, Father God, because sometimes a lot of our posture is, is sleep, get up mm-hmm. and go to work, and drive, and stand and sit. If our posture needs to change today, Father, please convict us. If we need to kneel, if we need to lay down, if we need to raise our hands, if we need to go out into the forest and yell and scream, whatever that may be, for mm-hmm. Father, for these men, change our hearts right now, God. And so I thank you for this full armor, and I thank you for this day, yes. and I thank you that victory is yours, saith the Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Wow. Jesse, that was awesome. Man, praise the Lord, and, and man, to every guy listening right now, man, this is what God wants to do in your heart and in your life. And uh, man, just thanks for making yourself even available on Instagram and other ways to get in touch with us even here at Men's Leadership. Anything yeah, we it. can do, man, mm-hmm. let's let's be the men God created us to be and let's grow together. So mm-hmm. be watching every Friday coming up. You got a man minute coming out just to, man, continue to grow <laughs> deep minute. in the Word of God. <laughs> I love the man minute. <laughs> so Here at uh, Rolling Hills. <laughs> we need a voiceover. Make yourself a manwich. <laughs> join this all new man minute <laughs> it all goes together buddy so <laughs> and then be watching next year we'll have verses coming back so many great things that's happening right now love you guys look forward to next month's podcast blessings on you today you've been listening to the men's leadership network podcast we pray what you learned today will be helpful as you strive to become a better leader in your own home workplace and community as always if you were impacted by today's podcast we hope you'll subscribe comment and share it with others And be sure to join our email list to ensure you never miss an episode. You can do that now and find all of our past episodes at mensleadershipnetwork.com. We'll be back with a new episode on the first Friday of every month. Thanks for listening.